in today's show. Tamata Rosen's been rolling. Is he a sell high? It's all come out. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. And we're available on all platforms. It's time for a buy low and sell high show. Remember, very, 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 very important to remember this. A buy low trade does not mean that you must acquire that player. It means that you should look into it. It means you should see whether that manager is panicking and you can get them at a cheaper price. A sell high trade does not mean that you give that player away. It doesn't mean you have to get off them. It's not a bad thing to have a bunch of sell high players on your team. It means they're playing really well at the moment. It means you see if you can try and extract value. Most of the time, you ride out a hot streak. You ride out and you know, with a low, if someone's got a buy low, you just leave them alone. A lot of the time, you try it, but you don't have to pay too much for it. And don't on a sell high, don't sell too low. See if you can not swindle someone, but get value back. That's what it is. These are not players you must trade. These are not players you must acquire. That's not how it works. It's just about, hey, they're going too high. They're going too low. Let's see what we can do. Somewhere in the middle there. Oh, just as I'm recording this now, replacements for the injuries. Lamelo Ball into the All-Star game. Good. He should have made it. DeJounte Murray into the All-Star game. Yep, fine. Absolutely no worries. I don't think DeJounte should have made it over the guys selected, but he is absolutely a worthy replacement. So congratulations to DeJounte Murray and Lamelo Ball as the All-Star replacements. Um, Let's talk about what we're here to talk about. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's go back two weeks and have a look at how we did on the buy lows, sell highs from two weeks ago. All the buy lows, Gary Trent, who was 295th, he is now 30th in that time frame. Would have been a pretty bloody good buy low. Cole Anthony was 208th, he's now 62nd. That one worked pretty well. Andy Wiggins, he was 198th, got named to the All-Star team, became 36th. Again, really good. Now, I think that that Trent one and the Wiggins one there both become pretty good sell highs after you bought them low, or if you did buy them low, now you can sell them high. Derek White went from 116th to 68th. That worked out pretty well. Rashawn Holmes did not. He was 106th when I did this two weeks ago. He has gone, gotten worse somehow. Um, he is still a little bit of a buy low, but I am real worried about where he sits at the moment. I'm worried about him, and I'm worried about Clinker Power, and I'm not sure at this point whether they are actually buy lows. In terms of the sell highs, I had Shea Gildish-Alexander as a sell high, and then he hasn't played since. So I can't really judge. He was 14th back there at the end of week 15. Uh, or sorry, at the start of week 15. But um, yeah, he hasn't played. So I can't judge that. Bam at a buy was 15th. He's dropped to 21st. So a little bit of a sell high. Didn't do much there. Christian Wood was 20th. He's now dropped to 72nd. 
Okay, that you got a bit of value there. Jalen Brunson went from 50th to 61st, so a marginal win. And Herbalife Jones went from 56th to 60, uh, 78th. So again, dropped about 22 spots there. So you, maybe you extracted some value there, but not as not as much value in the sell highs a couple of weeks ago as there was in the buy lows. But that now brings us to talk about the actual sell highs for this week. And a guy who has featured on this show before as a sell high, we're talking about the bloke in Chicago, DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan is having his best season ever. I don't think that's too debatable. People will debate it, but I don't, I don't think it's debatable. He's been great. He is, over the last two weeks, the fifth-ranked player in category leagues and ninth in points leagues. So how's he doing this? What's going on? Well, over the last two weeks, he's played seven games. He's averaging 39 minutes a game. So there's your number one thing. 39 minutes is a lot. He's carrying this team while there are a lot of injuries. Levine's dealing with a back issue. 39 is a lot, though. Right, so I don't expect 39 minutes a game. 35, sure. 36, maybe. 34, perhaps. 39, no. And that's a big chunk. So there's your number one thing. He's averaging 31 points per game. That is a staggering amount. And it's great. And we love what he's doing. He is the 19th ranked player this season, right? Playing 35 minutes a night. But that 31 points, 39 minutes, shooting 58% from two, He's probably not going to stick. He's also averaging 7.3 assists. And while he is pretty good at assists, with Lonzo Ball out especially, I'm not sure that 7.3 is a realistic expectation for him rest of season. So, yeah, he's a top 10 player, top 5 player at the moment, top 10 in points leagues. He's 19th for the season. I, I think realistic for him is you know, 22 to 35 sort of range. I think that's realistic for him rest of season. And that's still really good, obviously. But if you can get a top 15 player, a top 10 player, an underperforming top 10 player, I think you absolutely do it. What do you think? Like, I know people are going to disagree because people love DeMar DeRozan and they you know, they love looking at this and say, nah, he's definitely going to keep it. He's shooting also 93% from the line. Again, if that comes to 88, it's a significant drop. All he needs is three percentage point drops on his field goals, three percentage point drops on his free throws, four minutes drops, and he drops to 30th. That's all it takes. So just remember that. And it's not about just trading him away. All right, write it out. It's a brilliant hot streak. But if someone wants to give a top 10 player, you do it. If they don't, you just enjoy what's happening. And then there'll be a stretch. Where, he had a stretch where he was 100th for like a two, three-week period. You go, you go, people go back and forward. It's about cashing in at the right time. Let's look at uh, Lou Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. Dort is... Riding high at the moment. I think that's a fair description. Over the last... He's dealing with an injury. He missed the last game with a nasal fracture. We, we don't expect him to miss too much time. He's questionable coming up. He is averaging 36 minutes a night. So that's already a lot. Shea Gildas Alexander is out. That is helping him. But what he is doing is the classic. More minutes, 36. More usage, 24. And pairing that with higher efficiency, which is a hard combination to pull off, but he's pulling it off at the moment. He's hitting 45% of his threes. He's averaging 23 points. He's got a 65% true shooting. And he's also averaging seven rebounds per game. He's hitting 85 from the line and over five attempts per game. Dort is the 102nd ranked player. Actually, that's not true. He's the 110th ranked player this season. In points leagues, he's 37th over the two-week period. I didn't mention that. 24th in category. Um, he's the 110th ranked player for the season. And while Shea being out, is going to boost him. It's going to boost his um, usage up and his minutes will be big. We, we know that. This level of rebounding paired with efficiency 
paired with scoring is probably not going to stick. I think you look at him as in the period that Shea is out, maybe a top 75 guy. And then if Shea comes back, when Shea comes back, then Dort's going to have times when he's outside the top 180 because he shoots 37% and averages you know, 16 points doing it. So this is, this is the time. I don't see him getting better than this. I don't see how any of these things improve all at once to push him above that level. So I think this is probably a time to trade away good old Lugens Dort. But, you know, if Dort was a man that was ready to do taxes, he'd work for TurboTax because people think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We have unique lives, whether you've invested in crypto for the first time this year, you own an up-and-coming small business, or you're raising rambunctious twins. Wow. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you whoever you need. If you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. NBA trade deadline. It's here. We're we're basically there. Thursday, February the 10th at 3 p.m. is the deadline. So us at Locked On NBA, we've got a live show on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel hosted by Kim Becker with John Corrales and myself. We're going to break down all those deals from 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February the 10th through to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Go check us out. Hit the notification bell. Go live. We're going to talk some trades over on that channel. Brandon Ingram's a sell high. He's been rolling. Let's say roasting. That's not the right word. He's been rolling. Absolutely killing it at the moment, Ingram. He is the 13th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's the 8th ranked player in points leagues. That's, you know, really good. He's averaging, what, 53 fantasy points in this time up from his average of 39 for the season. Big, big difference. So what's happening? Well, let's look defensively. Brandon Ingram in the past has never been really known as a huge defensive stats guy. If I was going to use that offensive term called stocks, I'd say that he's averaging three of them. But of course, that tells us jack shit. Because, as I would love to say, he's also averaging 12.6 arse bounds. Does that help you with anything? No, of course it doesn't. That's why I don't use the term stocks. But anyway... Ingram is averaging 0.7 steals this season and 0.4 blocks. Putrid numbers, which are in line with his putrid history in those categories. But over the last two weeks, he's at 1.7 steals. That's, yeah, only one and a half times, not even one yet, no? I'm trying to work out my numbers here. It's like 250% from where he's been. Yeah, that's the number. 1.3 blocks, that's 300% up on his season average. Fair to say, given what he's done this season and in his career, he's not going to continue to do that. He averages 5.5 assists this season. And he's averaging 9.3 over the last period of time. Like, these numbers from Ingram are, are they're just crazy good. Now, he's only played three games since returning from that injury. But 27, 3, and 9 with 1.7 steals and 1.3 blocks. People remember what you're doing currently. He would have helped his managers have a win this week. And he came back with some absolutely rollicking numbers. Just huge. 9.3 assists, it's massive. And he's doing it with good shooting as well. 40% from three, 49% from the um, from two, 85 from the line on almost nine attempts per game. Everything about what Ingram is doing is entirely unsustainable. Can he be a top 40 guy? Yeah, probably. 
almost almost most likely, yeah. He's the 50th ranked player this season, but top 40s from here on out, from this day forward, top 40 is possible. But the assists are going to drop. The steals are going to drop. The blocks are going to drop. Efficiency might wane. The 36 minutes might come down. Probably, probably won't. May not. But they might. So again, if you're looking at him as he's the 50th best player, he is 40th. Yeah, I think 40th rest of season. If we can get a top 25 back, top 30 guy back, I would do it. I would do it for Ingram. Let's go to the future MVP, Cole Kuzma. Um, really, really good stuff from Kuzma. He has been much improved this season. But what has really helped him is over the last, say, four or five weeks, he's been on fire. Because for the first two, three months of the season, he wasn't even a top 100 fantasy player. He played well, but he hadn't been a top 100 guy. Now he is, and he's rolling. And this little stretch has really bumped him. He's up to 70, uh, 75th for the season. Some big numbers. But over the last two weeks, he's 29th in category leagues and 23rd in points leagues. Now, Bradley Beal is out, and I don't know if Bradley Beal is going to return or when he's going to return. Kuzma is significantly better than Rui Hachimura. I thought at the beginning of the season the Wizards would play Hachimura because they have foolishly played him for, for multiple years in front of um, other players who probably are more deserving. But then, of course, Hachimura's personal issue kept him out, and, and maybe where Zunsheld's realized, and maybe the front office realized, he's not actually that good. Um, and Kuzma's playing well. He's getting a lot of minutes. There are a few things here that are not realistic. 28 usage is very high, and if Beal or when Beal comes back, that will probably drop. 21.4 points is probably a little bit high for him as well. 48% shooting is probably a little bit high, but I'll tell you what else is really high. Two blocks. Two blocks is way too high. Kyle Kuzma is not a two blocks per game player. Very few players are, and one of those players is not Kyle Kuzma. So those block numbers are just not going to be able to stick. And we know if you get to two blocks, like that is a gigantic part of value. That is by far his most impactful category over the last two weeks. It's basically double the impact of his next category, which is rebounding at, what's he averaging? 8.8 rebounds. Still a really bloody high number. That's how important those block numbers are. For the season, he averages 0.9 blocks. 0.9. He averages 16 points. So he's up five points per game and over double his block rate. He's also shooting um, 41% from three when he's at under 34 for the season. So there are some things here that are going to change for Kuzma. I think he can probably be a top 80 guy rest of season. Maybe he could be top 70. He's improved that much. But this level, top 50, top 40, I, I don't see it. Let's go to Cam Johnson in Phoenix. Last of the sell highs. Cameron is playing well. Some of this has been without Jay Crowder, and that's obviously helping him. He's 50, 71st in category leagues, 115th in points leagues. He's doing it on the back of... Now, he's a good shooter, but this is really good shooting. 54% shooting from the field, including 51% from three. Now, he's a really good three-point shooter. He's not this good. Nobody is. This just doesn't exist. He's hitting over three threes per game, and he's playing 31 minutes. Will he play 31 minutes a night? Almost definitely not. We have seen the pattern so many times of him and Jay Crowder splitting those minutes and Crowder playing more and Johnson playing 24 to 27. You pair a minutes drop of four to six minutes along with a three-point percentage drop of maybe 10 percentage points. Then that scoring drops to maybe 11 points per game. The three threes hit head to two threes. And Johnson, who's the 129th ranked player this year, maybe moves into even not rosterable territory. So if you can get a top 100 guy back in a points league, you're just looking for any sort of usable guy, in a category league, a top 100 player back in a trade. I think that you... I think that you have to do that, really. The big game 
is almost here. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, or UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Um, let's go to some buy lows now. Seth Curry, the 194th ranked player over the last two weeks in category leagues, 145th in points leagues. That is not particularly good from Seth, is it? He's averaging 10 points per game only. That's low, quite obviously. He's doing it on under 18% usage, but he's hitting 33% of his shots, 31% from three. Seth Curry, if he's not anything, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He's like a 42, 43, 44% three-point shooter. Yeah, you hit anyone down by 13 percentage points in one of their categories, it's going to hurt, especially when he doesn't do a huge amount else. But to be fair to him, he's averaging five assists. He's playing 37 minutes. That part's there. Just the shots aren't going in. Now, he had been playing at a level where his two-point percentage was sky high. He was hitting like 63% of his twos and his mid-range two number was like, I think, almost top two in the league. It was something insane like that. And it was always going to fall. But it's gone from unbelievable to absolute rock bottom. That's how bad it is. So it is going to level back up. Seth is the 77th ranked player this season, right? I think he's probably going to be in the 90 zone, 90 to 100. But if you can get him for flotsam at the back end of your roster based on this little bit of a slump, based on the specter of either A, James Harden coming to Philadelphia and or Seth Curry moving back to Brooklyn in that deal, this is the time to... I don't think that trade goes down personally. And even if it does and Seth goes to Brooklyn, he would be in a weird spot playing with um, uh, Paddy Mills. So they're not too dissimilar, but I, I think that would indicate also to me that Joe Harris isn't coming back this season. That this shooting has to improve. It just has to improve. Like he's not going to be this bad of a shooter. I think we're all well aware of that. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Again, this is, everything in this show is not tied just to 12-team leagues. That's the vast majority of people who listen, but it's not just tied to everything. I do not think that Dinwiddie is a must-roster 12-team league player. But I do think that he's better than this because, honestly, this is not NBA caliber. He's the 261st-ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks. He's 138th in points leagues. He is shooting an absolutely putrid 24% from the field. 24, 2-4. How is that possible? Under 23% from three. Now, he has been shocking this season. He has been really bad. He was a guy that I thought was a pretty big bust at some of his ADP numbers, but I didn't think he was this bad. So, the 24% field goal, no matter what you think of Dinwiddie, this will improve. 100% lock it in, guarantee. 0.4 steals. He's not a good steals guy. That is an embarrassingly low number. That will improve. He has not blocked a single shot in his last five games, and you're not expecting Spencer Dinwiddie to come out there and block big shots. But I'd like one every five games. That'd be helpful. The, the big thing here is that he's just not hitting shots, and he's averaging he's only averaging 29 minutes as well, and that's with Beal out. Yeah, is he going to get traded? I wouldn't be shocked. The dynamic is off there in Washington. Get him back to 32 minutes. Get the shooting back to a decent number. And maybe he can be the 110th or 120th best player. But this is bad. Let's go to the Hornets. Gordy Haywood. This is an easy one. But again, people panic. If they're not looking into the details, they'll panic. 
they'll just go, oh my God, this guy killed me. Two games back from COVID protocols, he's the 346th ranked player. He's 267th in points leagues. He is averaging a Tony Snell-esque 3.5 points per game. He is shooting, Spencer Dinwood to be proud, 15% in those two games. He has not taken a single free throw. He's averaging 2.5 assists. There is absolutely, again, it is the biggest stone-cold lock of the century of the week of the day that he is better than this. It's easy, but it's about how much better. No one is thinking that I will trade Iggy Brazdakis for Gordon Haywood. Right? No, nobody's going to do that, obviously. But what you've got to look at is he has been the 68th ranked player this season. I think that top 70 for him feels pretty comfortable, but you might be able to get him for a top 100 player. That's what you should be doing. Because this is a big, it's, it's terrible. People are frustrated. They get annoyed at him. They know he gets hurt a lot. And you can turn that into gaining 30, 40 spots of value on the back of these couple of games, which honestly might have cost someone their weekly matchup last week. So that's why he hasn't taken a single free throw, as, as I mentioned as well. There's some value there. Let's go to the next guy, Anthony Simons. The numbers don't look terrible for Simons. They're not, they're not bad, but he is 96th. He's 86th in points leagues over the last two weeks. He's averaging 19.1 points and 4.8 assists. And if I told you that at the start of the season about Anthony Simons, you'd be pretty bloody wrapped. You go, that's bloody awesome, man. 19 and 5 for him, that's great. But I, I don't think that that is where we should expect him rest of season. Norman Powell is gone. Eric Bledsoe, I don't think, is going to play. CJ might be gone. I think if Simons doesn't average over 20 from here on out, I'll, I'll be shocked. The 4.8 assists, we've seen CJ come back and have an impact on that. Um, but that should push to 5.5 to 6.5, I would say. He's averaging under a steal. He's not a high steals guy, but a 0 0.8 is a low number. He's hitting 42% from the field. That's you know, Maybe that sticks because he's not. he hasn't historically been the most efficient guy. But 19 points and 4.8 uh, 4 assists, I do think that he's going to be able to bump this up by 30, 40 ranking spots rest of season. So there are people that panic. Someone asked if they should drop him after the Norm Power trade because Bledsoe would take his minutes. People panic about it. They make some bad moves. They may have lucked into adding Anthony Simons and they don't understand what they've got. So try it. See what we can get. Look at him as a top 60 guy. Pay top 75 prices and see where you go. Lastly, I'm going to go to Cleveland. We're talking about the big fella, Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Allen. Is he struggling? He's averaging 16 and 12, and a lot of people focus on those numbers, and they'll say probably not. But he is 109th over the last two weeks, 49th in points leagues. So why, why is that? Well, again, if you cast your eye at the line, 16 and 12, 1.2 blocks. That's not actually that far away from what he's been doing. 52%, that's not a bad number. Yeah, it is, unless you were averaging 64% or shooting 64% or 62% or whatever he was shooting. All right, that's a big drop. It's a huge drop. And that takes him from being, hey, field goal percentage is my best category to being it's just marginally above average. And that's what drops your 50 spots in the rankings. Allen is the 30, 40, 41st ranked player this season. He's out to 109th because that field goal has dropped basically 10 percentage points. He's still at 69% from the line. Giggity. Which is what he normally is. The 1.2 blocks is marginally down. The other thing that's way down is steals. 1.2 steals. He's had two, two steals? One steal. One steal in his last six games. One steal. Or he's not a high steals guy. 
But in six games, you'd expect four to five steals. Probably five to... Actually, no, five to six steals you'd expect out of him. And that, along with 10 extra percentage points on your shooting, which then turns to more points, pushes you from 109th back to the top 40. So a little bit of a buy low happening here, I think, with Jarrett Allen. Let me know what you think. What do you think about the buy lows? What do you think about the sell highs? Let me know if you succeeded in pulling off any of those previous ones. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up, leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.